1: Welcome one and all to the Storybox podcast, the place to be if you are a lover of stories. My name is Jay Phantom, former real estate agent, now living my purpose, sharing amazing stories from people all over the world. I'm grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Well, everybody, welcome back to Storybox Podcast. I am so thankful that you guys are here today. My next guest is quite an extraordinary man. He's done a lot over the years and he has personally made a tremendous impact in my life indirectly. So he, he didn't even know that he had made an impact on my life. And I needed to share with him on the podcast uh, today that he did make an impact in my life. He really did. He wrote one particular book that I'll never forget reading over and over and over again, which is to do with You Are Special. And for those of you who are listening to this that have actually read the same book about those the stickers, stars, and dots, I think that um, for many of you, you would have been challenged. You would have been inspired and motivated in some way. I just remember reading that book for the very first time and feeling this overwhelming sense of motivation uh and it was an absolute you should see my face if you watch the video on youtube you should see my face light up when i ask him a particular question and he actually brings up his this book because it has to him so much meaning and to me it had a lot of meaning too and i couldn't believe that i got to actually sit down with this amazing human being he's kind he's humble and he's generous but max Ricardo, my friends is his name and for those of you who don't know him he says he writes books for people who don't read books. And even so, his best selling books have sold over 120 million copies across 54 languages worldwide, which is an incredible achievement. Perhaps Max Lucado is converting non readers with his poetic storytelling and homespun humor. Perhaps readers can sense that his encouraging words flow from the heart of a pastor. Every trade book Max Sicada has written during the last 30 years began as a sermon series from his home church of Oak Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas. Max's first book, On the Advil, was published in 1985 and has been sharing the promises of God in his sermons, books, articles, and media interviews. His writing is also featured in videos, devotional songs, plush toys, greeting cards, booklets, Bible studies and Bible commentaries. He sold over 130 million of these products around the globe. His books regularly appear on national best-selling lists, including the New York Times. Max's 42nd book is titled, You Are Never Alone, Trust in the Miracles of God's Presence and Power, and you can go and order a copy of that book now on any any book-ordering website, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you name it. And... Not only that, Max has been notified in the press by New York Times, named Max, one of the most influential leaders in social media. He has been featured on countless media outlets, including USA Today, Good Morning America, The Today Show, NPR, CNN, and Fox and Friends. I need to tell you this, guys. This interview, even though it is only short, it it packs a punch. I ask him some of the most interesting questions I've always wanted to ask this man. And he doesn't he doesn't shy away. He delivers. So I know you guys are going to get a lot out of this. So I need you guys to please, if you, if you get something from this episode, share it around to all your friends and family members. Let them know about this episode. This one is going to change somebody's life out there. I just know it. I feel it. I sense it. I, I prayed for it. So please, if you do get something from it, share it around. Pass it forward. And also while you're at it, If you want to watch the full interview over on YouTube, you can also do that now. All the links are in the bio or in the show notes. Um, Makes it that easy. Subscribe to the Storybox podcast for for content every single day I'm posting now, which is pretty exciting. Uh, So you get content, good content, valuable content for your day. Uh, And with that being said, my friends, I'm really grateful that you're here. Hope you enjoy this episode. Now, you you guys know what time it is. Let's dive into the Storybox and hear Max Zucato's story. You made me tired just reading all that. <laughs> I felt tired. <laughs> so <laughs> it's such all, all incredible achievements, Max. I, I just want to say thank you so much for your time today. It's a real honor to have you here.
2: Well, uh, it's a great joy. It really is. And um, uh, I, I tease sometimes. I say for on my epitaph on my tombstone, I just want to have the phrase "pretty good for an old drunk." <laughs>
0: because that's
2: all. That's all I am. God called me out of. Uh, pretty debaucherous life. And uh, I would have made a mess of it. And so how gracious of him not only to save me, but to use me. And mm. so I'm very, very thankful.
1: I love that. We'll get to your your backstory in a moment. But before we do, I have one question that I love asking people. And that is, yes, sir. what does success look like to you?
2: I, I, I think um, somebody years ago said, succeed at home first. And I like that phrase, succeed at home first. So success to me is, am I providing for and protecting my family? Uh, and, and, uh, and, do they, and do they feel safe with me? Do they feel safe? Am I a good father, good husband, good father-in-law, a good granddad? And so I, I, think, I think that's a great question you're asking. And for me, success is measured at home first.
1: I'm curious, uh, Max, What? when did you come up with this idea of success? Was it when you heard that saying that you sort of realized this is success for me? Or has it been sort of this gradual thing over time in your life? Well, your
2: that's a great question. That's a great question. So, so my wife and I married and moved to Brazil within the first year of our marriage. I was a missionary. We were missionaries in Brazil. And uh, while I was in Brazil, I started writing books But I wasn't aware of the notoriety that comes with writing books. While we lived in Brazil, I mean, nobody—you know—for to the Brazilians, I was just a a missionary. Mm -hmm. So we moved back to the United States after five years, and all of a sudden, I was getting speaking invitations and and kind of recognitions, and and uh, so I uh, I kind of went crazy for a couple of years. I uh, would say yes to every speaking invitation, and I was kind of my head was getting too big. I was getting too important in my own eyes. And my wife, uh, b- meanwhile, we have, our, we had our third child, so we had one time had a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a and one in diapers. So I'm out gallivanting around the world, letting everybody think I'm important. And my wife, bless her heart, is at home taking care of the kids. And uh, then when I'm home, I'm I'm a pastor at a church so I'm not home much. Well my wife just hit the wall. She hit the wall. Uh she hit depression and uh and it sucked her under uh for for a period of time. Uh a good therapist is what God used to heal her. And uh but but also what he used to heal her was giving me a swift kick in the rear. And I realized that uh this was a wake-up call. I mean <laughs> Who cares? Who cares what I write in a book? If I'm not a good dad, you know, who what 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 credibility do I have with the church if my wife thinks I'm a jerk? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that that little gap, that two year period, in which I really got off the rails um, was a was a wake up call for me. And that's when somebody said you need to succeed at home first. So for 10 years, I did not travel, believe it or not. I did not travel. I turned everything down. I stayed at home with very, very few exceptions. I mean, they had to be really unique. And I never regretted that. Never regretted it. Wow. That's a long answer to a short question.
1: No, no, no. I, lo- I love that. Honestly, like that is such a powerful, powerful story that you shared. I, I appreciate that. And I'm-, I'm curious, Max, why did you decide to write books in the first place? Well, I... <sighs> and I don't know if I set out that I decided to write books.
2: I just thought I'd write a book, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, uh, I did. And, and, uh, when it got published, I had an idea for another one. And then before that one was published, I had an idea for another one. And I realized that, Oh, okay. I think this is a call. This is a call on my life. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, uh, I, I just kept writing. I just, you know, I just did, and uh, and people kept reading them, and I, f- I found it to be a, a good a good lane to run in. I don't do a lot of things well. I really don't. I mean, your introduction was so gracious, but I there's so much I don't get in the life, you know. And uh, but I do get how a book comes together. I, I understand how to the importance of editing. Uh, the craft of writing. And so I think I get that. And so I I think I'll I'll just keep, you know, keep working on
1: that. Uh, And as as long as God gives me ideas. I think it's incredible that you've been able to sell over 120 million copies of your books over the years. And what I'm curious about, Dan, is have you ever struggled with writer's block or not being able to write something? Not yet.
2: Not yet. I've heard of people who have. Uh, I think I think it helps me that I'm a pastor, and so I'm cr- I'm crafting sermons. Like right now, I'm preaching at our church uh, a series of messages on the Book of Esther, the Old Testament yes. Book of Esther. And and uh, and I boy, I can see that coming together as a book. I, and, and so I get I get the chance to test things, mm-hmm. and so as a result, I've never at least not yet, you know, the Lord has been gracious to me. I do give him thanks for it because I think that'd be terrible to just get stuck and not know, not know where to go. Mm. Now, I, I do uh, editing can be hard. You know, I, I get a, I get a book finished. I get it turned in and my edit, I have two editors and they c- come back with some, they say, boy, this chapter's weak or boy, you're way off track here. And I can kind of get defensive and that's hard. Uh, so editing can be difficult. That's 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 the hardest part for me.
1: If you were to, if if someone was to come to you and say, "Hey, Mister uh, um you've got 42 books out there. Which book would you recommend that I read first? Which one would you yeah. say?" I, I have a children's
2: book called "You Are Special," mm-hmm. that truly is my favorite book of the ones I've written. And so I would send people to that. I won't tell you the whole story of it, but it's a a it's fun like- story. Of stars and one? dots.
1: What is it? The carpenter one?
2: Yeah, a woodworker. The yes. woodworker. Yeah, oh yeah. He he, <laughs> he creates these little wooden people, and they uh, stick stars and dots on each other all the time. Stars if you're good, dots if you're bad. So it's a it's a book about uh, having a healthy view of yourself. And it, I loved writing it, and uh, it's done marvelously well, especially in in uh, communist countries. Uh, because it never mentions the name God, but it carries the values of of a of a God centered life, and so
1: this yeah. interview just got even more special. And I, why is that? I will tell you something: that book when I was a child changed my life. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. That is the one book that I remember the most ever reading. My mom used to actually read it to me, <laughs> month, and. Oh, I can't begin to tell you the impact that that book has had on my life, Max. I'm so happy to hear that. I had no idea that you actually wrote it and I get to see
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh. Yeah, I, I love I it. I love writing children's books. You know, they're fun. But that one was very
1: special. Well, I just want to personally say thank you for writing that book. Um, oh, thank you. I, thank I can't. You. Yeah, I'm I'm awestruck now. So I'm going to have to sort of focus again. And, and <laughs> but um, what, what I do want to ask you, Max, is, is going back to to your story and and how you grew up and what were some of the dreams aspirations that you wanted to be when you grew up? Did you always want to be a pastor? No, um, my my really my spiritual life began
2: uh, as when I was at college. I was about 20 years of age. Uh, so prior to that, I was didn't have a lot of direction. And, and like I mentioned, I, I, I got into uh, heavy drinking. I never got into drugs, but I, but I was a very heavy drinker and uh, very immoral and irresponsible in the way I was leading my life. Uh, I guess had you pressed me, you know, what are you going to do someday? Uh, I've, I've always been able to kind of talk uh and so i thought well i'll sell something maybe i'll sell insurance you know or i don't know what i would have done i really had no clue I, I i had no clue uh and so uh i don't have a you really you know i hear people say boy when i was 7 years old i knew i was going to be a doctor and from then on none, none of that happened to me
1: mm. so how did your uh how did you come to know god what what was yeah. your um
2: well, I, I was, I, thank you for these good questions. I, I, I did grow up in a spiritual home. My dad was a good man, a good man. Uh, I'm, he's been gone 30 years. I'm still missing. Uh, and he raised, he took us to church and I was baptized as a young boy. I was a 10 year old. Mm. Uh, when I was in my teens, 14, 15, all the way up through about 20 years of age, I just ran with a bad crowd. Uh, also, we have a streak of alcoholism in our family. Uh, many of my fathers, uh, my fathers from a family of nine siblings, and and so many of them battled alcoholism. My brother battled alcoholism. Uh, so I think we just have a proclivity. And mm-hmm. so, the, from the minute I I can still tell you the night I drank my first beer and what it did to me. It just it just activated something inside of me. So I I uh, I, I became. You know, every night drinking and every night partying. I uh, did okay in school, uh, and I could hide it. I could hide it pretty well, but I knew I was in trouble. And uh, because the people I hung out with were, their lives were just in shambles. I mean, they it, we, nobody was making a living. Nobody was uh, treating each other with respect. We were getting in fights all the time. So uh, brawler, a cowboy. Uh, I uh, at the age of twenty, my Good friend, a guy who I still who's still my dear friend, invited me to start going back to church, and I did. I did, and it took me a, a, a few months, but finally the the pastor preached a sermon on the forgiveness of God, and I thought, if God can forgive me, then I'm uh, my hat is in the ring, mm-hmm. and so I, I I made a recommitment to Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's really where it began. I was a
1: a college sophomore at the time. Wow. It's an incredible story because I, I especially love God's forgiveness and what it actually is because in truth he's forgiven us all, but we need to receive. He has heading. We have to accept it. We have to accept accept it. it. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm curious, Max, with the short amount of time that we have left, I, I do have a couple more questions for you. Um, I've always wanted to ask you this what has been the worst piece of advice you've ever received <laughs> what a good question
2: you are so creative <laughs> uh, thank you I, I didn't expect that question yeah the worst piece of advice mm. yeah uh get what you can and can what you get that's an old saying i i i'm not sure if it's too colloquial to Texas, uh, but you know, just to, to get what you can save it up, earn it, get as much as you can, then just can it and, and, and really build your life on stuff. Uh, yeah, that was not good advice. Mm. A guy gave me.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love asking people that question. I've only I bet asked- you get all kinds
2: of answers, don't you?
1: Yeah. And most, most of the time it sort of stumps people because, they all, people usually ask, "What's the best piece of?" Advice? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. And I'm always curious about the worst because if I can know about the worst, then I won't do that. Uh, what,
2: what What about you? What's the worst piece of advice you ever got?
1: Worst piece of advice that I ever got was stop doing what you love. Oh, uh, yeah. And that was when I was 14. I remember yeah. it like it was yesterday. Yeah. And following that it came with that I'll never amount to anything. Oh. So I just um yeah, it wasn't a wasn't I'm a sorry
2: way. somebody said that to you.
1: No, sorry, I I, I sort of I sort of used it as fuel. Okay. I made my choice to to make something of myself. <laughs> and and um one of the reasons why I do what I do today is so I can help people. Good for so you. That they they can know that they are worth something too. Mm. You know, um, yeah. This this question, Max, is uh, might be another hard one, but we'll see how we go. If you could ask a question to anyone alive or dead, who would it be? Why? And what question would you ask them?
2: Hmm. I think I would ask. I, can can i is is the is jesus an acceptable answer or does it have to be a
1: it
2: yeah it I have a lot of questions i'd I'd like to ask him, could you describe the moment that you became flesh oh. the moment you became flesh because he went from uh never not being you know no restrictions, no boundaries. To he became a seed within a a Mary's womb, the size of a freckle. You know, and what was that like? What was that like? And and what preempted? What what led up to that decision? And and did you just say, okay, it's time? That's what I'd like. I I and I think we'll have that opportunity when we meet him, uh, or maybe we'll just know. Maybe we'll just suddenly know but to describe that moment.
1: What a question. That would be, yeah. They got my brain thinking now. Yeah. <laughs> that is such a good question. Okay. If you could ask for a miracle in your life right now, Max, what would it be?
2: Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that's a great question. I think a revival would be wonderful. I've read about global revivals. Maybe you have as well. Uh, I uh, there, there was a revival in the early 1800s in the United States that, uh, that even the cynical historians say led to the uh, discontinuation of slavery mm. and to the women's suffrage movement. A lot of times we think of revivals as, as simply times when people come to Christ, and that's, of course, the key. But that creates these societal waves. There, there are these movements that come out of a, out of revivals that can really impact a culture. I think our world is so tired right now. I read an article just today that we're all suffering from uh, disaster fatigue. It's just like every time you turn on the news, there's another disaster. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, Lord, could you bring about a revival? Could we, could we just see? The work of the Holy Spirit in such a way that no one dare take credit, because it'd be so great that we couldn't take credit. But it would lead to the healing of the deep wounds that are around the world. I'd I'd love to see that. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sixty I'm sixty five years old, uh, and maybe in the next, if the Lord allows me another twenty or thirty years, I'd love to see a revival in
1: the next generation. I love that, and I, I'm praying for that as well. I think it would, mm. be in my lifetime, uh, being able to see yeah. that, be unbelievable. It really would be. Wouldn't that be great? How old are you? I'm 24. 24. So still got a long way to go. <laughs> well, you're a mature 24. You sure are. Thank you. you sure Father. are. I really appreciate that. Been through a lot, so I,
2: I sent. I, I hear that the Lord that there's some wonderful things happening in Australia uh in, in would you agree i mean i would i would agree yes yeah
1: but god has been blessing not just my life but the lives of my friends family members and just australia like uh, it, it's been it's been a absolute blessing to see and i'm i'm excited to see what else god's going to do this year yeah yeah excited to see what god's going to do in my life and yeah. i'm thankful for you max um, my last two questions for you if you don 't mind this one I'm gonna, i 'm going I want to give you a chance to sort of promote your book you You are never alone, trust in the miracle of god 's presence and power and i want to I want to ask you I, I guess why did you write this book specifically
2: yeah well, well, this is a book to help people face loneliness, and I use the Gospel of John as a tool to invite people to consider that we serve a God who's not only mighty, but he's close. And in these days in which we feel so isolated, even pre pandemic, we were dealing with the epidemic of loneliness in these days. We need to know that it's possible to have a relationship with God that is so tender and so vital and vibrant that he really will be that, uh, that friend that we all need. I I pray that all your listeners have lots of friends, but you know, not, not everybody does. Mm. And sometimes God can use a season of loneliness to introduce us to himself as the perfect friend.
1: Mm. I love that. And I've actually been able to read the first couple of chapters of the book. And I can personally say that this book will change your life. Pick it up and (laughs) and read it. May it be so. Like, like, so. like The Carpenter, like uh, you are special. This one is all your books, Max. All your books that I've been able to read, they change lives. So thank you so much for that. My last question for you, this is my legacy question that I ask people always at the end. One of my all-time favorite questions. You've been able to reach the age of 100 and your friends have put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Then ask me how they got it all. But they just did, and they've shown it to you on your hundredth birthday. What do you want the film to say in the show about your life?
2: I'd like the title to be pretty good for an old drunk <laughs> right. and i would want it I would want it to include that moment when I was uh, twenty years old in which I walked down the aisle of the church and I knelt at the altar. I think that's the that's power. That's, that's it.
1: Well, Max, it's been an absolute honor. Boy, it went fast. I'm sorry that it went so fast. Maybe we'll do I it again I had, sometime. I wish I had more time because I got so many more questions for you. Could dive yeah. so so much deeper into different topics. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm grateful for your time. Definitely have to do it again. Thank you. I'm soon. God bless you, my friend. God bless you too, Max. Thank you so we'll, much. We'll do it again soon. Looking forward. Bye-bye. Be blessed. I don't like this part because it means, sadly, we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the Storybox on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box. I'm Jay Fansom, and don't forget your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time.
0: Hold up.